Good morning, Cathedral. Are we ready to praise the Lord today? Let me, let me tell you a scripture in Psalm 150, verse 1 and 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with the sound of instruments and dancing and that everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. This tells us that you and I are made to praise God and we should give thanks to Him. So let's all dance, sing, and clap as loud as we can because we have an awesome God.
all. Cathedral of Faith, somebody shout hallelujah. Are you grateful to be in the house of the Lord today? As we continue to worship the Lord, I just want to give you an invitation to extend your hands toward the heavens in this moment if you feel comfortable to do so. Father God, we just want to stop in the midst of everything and just say thank you for this grace that is washing over our lives right now. And I pray that there's this spirit of refreshment to our soul. I pray that there's a cleansing that takes place in the house of God today, that takes place in our houses of God today, in our hearts and our minds and souls. Lord, that as we come from many different circumstances, we come from many different places in our mind and our experience. God, I pray that this is a place where we find our center, where we find balance, where we find focus, where we find inspiration, we find hope, we find instruction. And I pray that, Lord, the joy of the Lord would well up in our soul today. Lord, I pray that we would experience you lifting our burdens today, things that you've promised to do, that you would heal and deliver us from our shame and our past and everything that we're not. And I pray that there's this renewal of our identity, this refreshment of our purpose in the house of God today. Lord, I pray that maybe someone needs to hear this so badly, Lord, that they are a child of God today, that they are not forgotten, they've not sinned their way out of the love of God. They've not messed up too many times, but Lord, they are standing in the grace of God today that is more than sufficient. And I pray, Lord, that we would understand more about who we are today. We are not what we have done and what we have not done. We are who you say that we are today. And so, Father, I pray that that would stick in our hearts and that would give us energy and joy to live out this life with purpose. We love you, Father God. We thank you for this day. Lord, And right now, we even begin to give you praise and thanksgiving for all that you have done, all that you have brought us from, all that you're preparing us for, all that you're leading us to. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Come on, church. Come on, church. Give him praise. Father God, we love you. We bless you. And we shout thanksgiving in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Come on, let him hear gratitude and thanksgiving. Thank you, God.
been grafted into the family of God, which means that you have a heritage. And what do we say in response to this? If the Lord has set us free, then freedom is ours. Victory is ours. So come on, declare it. in your spirit today louder than our own voice even to our to ourself God we are who you say that we are today we stand saved we thank you God we thank you one more time can we just extend our hands heavenward at this moment don't lose this moment God we thank you I pray that you hear the words thank you come out of our mouths today and may it ring in our soul and our spirit Thank you for this love. Thank you for this grace. Thank you for this acceptance. Thank you for this future. Thank you for this hope. Thank you for this restoration. Thank you for this good news. Thank you for this gospel. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And in the name of Jesus, all of God's people said, amen and amen. One more time, Cathedral of Faith. I hope you feel welcome here today because everybody is welcome here in their father's house today. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect here. The love is being lived out and absolutely anything is possible because we serve an amazing God. And if you're grateful that you do, come on, hold on just, just a couple more seconds of gratitude and thanksgiving. Let it ring in the sanctuary. Come on, just a couple more seconds. Come on, Cathedral of Faith.
And before you're seated, come on one more time, let's shout hallelujah. Hello, Cathedral friends and family. Now, whether you're here in person or online, it is so good to be together this weekend. We have got some exciting things coming up. Here is what's happening. First, if you're new around here, welcome. We're so glad you're here and we would love to get to know you better as well as share with you a little bit about our church community. We encourage you to take out that card on the seat back in front of you, scan the QR code, and it will take you to a page where you can get connected, give, and find out more information about the church and how to get involved. We can't wait to get to know you better. This Wednesday night, we have a special service with guest Ed Silvoso. The service will be from 7.30 to 9. There will be no children's or youth ministry that night, but that doesn't mean you have to leave your kids at home. It's a family service where children and youth are invited to participate. You won't want to miss it. It's graduation season, which means it's time to celebrate all of the hard work and achievements your students have accomplished this year. If you know anyone graduating and you would like to honor them on June 11th, please sign up by calling our church office at the number on the screen. Congratulations to all of our graduates. Are you looking for something for your kid to do this summer? Well, look no further. Vacation Bible School is coming June 19th through 23rd from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. The cost is $75. To register, you can either scan the QR code or text VBS to the number on the screen or visit us after service in the lobby. We cannot wait to see your kids at VBS. Time to bust out those running kicks because Stars and Strides Run is coming Saturday, July 1st. This is a family-friendly event and to help you prepare for the run, we will be meeting every Saturday morning leading up to the event so that we can get ready together. For more information, please visit the Stars and Strides booth out in the amphitheater after service. That's it for this week, but for more information, please check out our website, follow us on social media, and download our app for the latest and greatest of what's happening here at Cathedral. Thank you so much for being here this week, and you have a great Sunday. Thank you, Veronica. Wow, a lot of exciting things coming up at Cathedral. Oh, it's great to see everybody, whether you're inside, outside, online, on-site. God is good. And all the time. And we're especially grateful today as we celebrate this Memorial Day weekend for those who have served and sacrificed in our military. And I want to take just a moment out, and if you've served um, if someone in your family has served in the military, would you stand right where you're at? We just want to honor you and thank you for your service and for your sacrifice. Thank you. Yeah, let's let them know how much we appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. And I pray that for you and your family, this will be a very special, uh, blessed weekend as we honor uh, and remember all that you've done, you and your entire family. And uh, as we prepare to, to receive the offering, you know, there's lots of ways to give here at Cathedral of Faith. 
And because of your sacrificial giving, we're able to do so much. You can give online. You can give through the app. You can give after church. Yeah, lots of ways you can give here at Cathedral. And let me just mention that on your way in, you received a scholarship envelope. Every year, once a year, for the last 20 years or so, we, we ask you to pray about investing in our scholarship fund. Over the last 20 years, we've given away almost a million dollars in scholarship to kids here at Cathedral of Faith. Amen? Yeah, let's give God praise. We've seen the fruit of that. It's been awesome. We want to help people. We believe that God has a dream uh, for every life, and we want to get behind people to help uh, come alongside them so that their dream can become a reality. And so this is one of the ways we do that. I'd encourage you, you know, take the envelope, pray over it, uh, what God would have you to do in the scholarship offering, and you can bring it in uh, one of the next couple of weeks, and that would be awesome. You'll be meeting some of the scholarship recipients. In fact, on the envelope, you can see one of those recipients, just a little praise report about how much that scholarship help meant to them. So let me speak God's blessing over you as we just open our hearts to giving. Father, thank you. We want to take a moment and just say thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for how you've blessed us. We recognize that everything that we have in our lives, it's good, ultimately has come from your hand. Thank you for the earning power that you've given to us. And I pray your blessing upon the, the people here at Cathedral of Faith, our family at Cathedral. Continue to bless them. Make them a target of your favor in every way so that we can continue to be a blessing, a greater blessing in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said amen, amen and amen. Well, the uh, worship team's coming to lead and of course, as we prepare to go to the Lord's table, if you ha don't have the elements, slip up your hand, and the ushers will give you those elements. But let's prepare our hearts. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's the, we celebrate the birth of the church, the Holy Spirit descending upon the church at Pentecost. Let's prepare our hearts for what God wants to do. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's dealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way. Disappear, oh, let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong. 
elements, hold them in your hands. Jesus, we are so grateful that when you ascended to heaven, you did not leave us as orphans. You sent your precious Holy Spirit to come and be present among us and in us. And as we come to the table today, your Holy Spirit makes your presence real. And so Jesus, I pray in this moment that as we eat and we drink, that you would once again breathe on us, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Let's eat of the bread of Christ together. Let's drink in from the cup of Christ. Drink in, fill us with your spirit today, Jesus. And because of Jesus and his Holy Spirit, which is dwelling on the inside of us, we know who we are today. And I invite you to join me in this affirmation of faith. Can we declare it together? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For great is our God and greatly is he to be praised. I'm his child. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Therefore, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. The weapons of my warfare, 
They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious because I walk by faith and not by sight. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. We know who we are in Jesus Christ and we're ready to receive the word that God has for us today. Are you ready to receive? Amen. Put yourself in position to receive as we jump back into the power of story. Tell somebody as you're seated, I'm ready to receive today. Amen. Whenever you study a parable, there's always two things, a truth and a response. So you're gonna learn two things today. You're gonna learn a truth and a response. So I invite you to stand with me. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. All of you in the building, welcome to Morgan Hill. Welcome to all those all over campus, across the country, and around the world. We're going to dive into the Word of God today and allow him to teach us two things. Two things, a truth and a response. So we're going to go to the Word of God, a parable that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25 that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to use to teach us today. So let's go to the Word of God. Here's what it says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Jesus said, or they said, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Yeah. 
Now that's just the first half of the parable. The second half goes on to say to the goats, hey, I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. I was naked, you didn't clothe me. In other words, I was homeless and you didn't give me a place to stay. And they're like, we never saw you out there like that. And he's like, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Lord, I pray that today as we open up the word and you give us these two things you wanna speak into our hearts, help us to hear the word of the Lord and help it to go deep into our hearts and spirits. On this Pentecost Sunday, when we celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit, we invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us because we know, Lord, you gave us the word for encouragement and strengthening comfort, but also for correction and instruction. And I pray that you would do that this day by your Spirit's power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. So as you're being seated, turn to someone and say, you're gonna learn two things today. This parable is part of a series of parables at Matthew 25 where Jesus does this teaching technique where he says, pick this, not that. Do this, not that. Say this, not that. He's sort of teaching, giving the two things. This is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. And I sort of wanna prep you for that and see how good you are at it, okay? So we're gonna do a do this, not that kind of exercise. Everybody ready? So when I say, when I mention the things, you're either gonna go like this or like that. So when it comes to diet, water or soda? Water? Soda? Good, some of you put your thumb up, but <laughs> you go, Leon. Okay, let's go to the next one. We're gonna continue the diet thing. Donut or fruit? How many say donut? How many say fruit? Okay, I have to show you something that came up on my screen this week. Here's a conversation, it says this. Friend says, hey, I thought you were dieting. Dieting, and the guy says, I am. Friend, well, you just had three donuts and me. Well, I wanted four, see, dieting. <laughs> this, not that, okay, let's try another. When it comes to your health, do you wanna pick workout? Okay, less thumbs went up on that one. Or watching TV. Okay, come on, I think you're getting this, this, that thing. Okay, let's talk about personal habits. Here's the next one, complaining or gratitude. How many say gratitude? How many say complaining? You boo, oh good, you guys are doing this. Let me help you out, those of you who are parents, who have teenagers especially, here's one. Do you say how was school, or what was the best part of your day? How many say how was school? No, because you know what you're gonna get, fine. What happened? Nothing. What'd you do? Nothing. So here's the question you ask, hey, what was the best part of your day? That gets an answer, okay? Let's give a thumbs up to that one. Some of you need to take a picture of that one so you remember when you get home so that you're not asking your kid, how was school? Don't ask that question. Okay, when you face difficult circumstances, you have two options. You can be bitter or better. How many choose bitter? Yeah, good, I'm glad you switched. Okay, how many choose better? God can make us better through circumstances. Okay, here's another one when it comes to choices. Do you wanna be wise or foolish? How many wanna be wise? Two thumbs up for that. How many wanna be foolish? And you know, in Matthew 25, 
The first parable Jesus teaches is really about that. There were the wise young ladies and the foolish young ladies, and he says, make sure you pick this, not that. Pick the wisdom, not the foolishness. There's another parable after that about Jesus comes and gives talents, and he's like, don't bury it, use it, multiply it. And that's part of his message. And then we come to this parable, the third one in Matthew 25. At the end of time, we have two options. Do you wanna be sheep? or goats. And in this parable he's saying, here's the difference between those two. I want you to choose the sheep option, which is when you saw me hungry, thirsty, in prison, naked, homeless, you reached out and you did something. But what happens is there was another group that's like, well Jesus, if we knew it was you, we would have done something. And what he says here is, when you've done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. So, sheep, goats. We're gonna unpack this passage of scripture and understand what are the two things about this. So, first of all is the truth. The truth of this parable is compassion. The heart of God is compassion. And the response is action. We're gonna talk about compassion and action. Now, from the very beginning, God has always had a dream. He's had a dream that there would be a people here on earth who would demonstrate what it's like in heaven. He's had a dream that there would be people here who would reflect him and people would know what he's like because they see it in us. That was the message to the Old Testament saints. That was the message to the New Testament church. That's the message to us that he's looking for a people, not just to say, okay, I'm saved, I'm in, it's cool. No, but what he's saying is, I want a people here. I'm, I gave my life for you, I did all this for this reason. I want you to show the world what I'm like by how you live. I want you to show them what it's like in heaven. So here's the question, what is it like in heaven? Psalm 89 gives us a glimpse when it says this, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. One of the foundations of the throne of God is righteousness, being right, and justice, caring for the poor, taking care of those in need. In fact, David goes so far in Psalm 9 to put it this way. He says, the Lord is known by his acts of justice. The way he is known is by how he cares for those who are in need. And so from the very beginning of the Old Testament all through to the end of the New Testament, this whole understanding of what it's like in heaven should be reflected on earth. And so here are some of the things that God said to his people. Deuteronomy 15, it says, there should be no more poor among you. That's a pretty big ask. But what he's saying is, if you're gonna reflect on earth what it's like in heaven, you've got to have a concern for those who need food, who need thirst, who need housing, who, need, who are in prison. In fact, he goes on a little stronger to say in Deuteronomy chapter 15 these words, is if there is a poor person in any of the towns, don't be hard-hearted or tight-fisted. Rather, be open-handed. That's what he's saying. God is an open-handed God. Come to me, I have read, I'm ready to bless you, I'm ready to care for you, I'm ready to touch you, I'm ready to serve you and bless you. It's like, that's what we ought to be like. Open-handed, not tight-fisted, Oh, but if I give up my money, that scarcity mentality doesn't exist in Scripture because God who owns all things 
is the one who gives us everything we need. When I first pastored in Virginia, there was another pastor in our town who was an amazing man. His name was Tim Keller. Uh, he pastored about 10 minutes away from me, and he, he left there a couple years later, went to New York City and established an amazing church. And Tim has really been a prophet to our culture. He just passed away this past week of pancreatic cancer at 73. He was an amazing man of God. And one of his books was called Generous Justice. And here's what he says in that book. He says, a true experience of the grace of Jesus Christ inevitably motivates us to seek justice in the world. In other words, when I receive the grace of Jesus, when I realize what he's done for me, when I grab hold of how gracious and I recognize everything I have comes from him, then it motivates me to care about those who are in need. When I was growing up, uh, it wasn't always easy. My mom was third out of 12 kids. My dad was ninth out of 12 kids. Can anybody say Italian <laughs> and Catholic? We grew up, and I didn't realize it, but we were poor. Both my grandfathers were coal miners in West Virginia. They barely made it through. I watched them come home covered black every night and wash it all off. And, you know, even though there were 12 kids and we would come to visit, there wasn't four bedrooms and a bath. There was two bedrooms and a path a path up to the outhouse. And we always made sure we took our flashlight at night because you want to make sure there's no stakes in there before you sit down. Anybody else ever experienced that? I didn't know we were poor. And when my dad went to Korea, I was only six months old. And eventually, by the time a year and a half had gone by, what would happen is my mom couldn't work because there's, there's no daycare in the early 50s. So she took care of me, and she lived on the check that the Air Force sent her every month. And she told me that there were plenty of months that she would come to the end of money, and there was still a lot of month left. But she's like, I'd always make sure there was enough for you. And she said, I would lift you up before the Lord. And she's like, sometimes I fasted the last two days or three days or six days of the month, depending on what was going on. And she said, every day as I was fasting, I would just lift you up and say, Lord, I dedicate Wayne to you. I give him to you. Use him for your glory. I, I guess I was sort of fated to be a pastor then after all that. But she would lift me up before the Lord. Yeah, my mom and dad were married three years before they bought a car. And they said it was six years after that before they ever could afford to fill it up with gas. I, I was like in high school before I realized that we were poor. I didn't realize that. But here's one of the things that happened is my mom would get me ready in the morning, feed me breakfast. She would pray since she wasn't eating and had no food. And she would get ready to take me out for a little walk in the town there. And as we'd head out to the little coal mining town, my mom would open the door and she'd start crying. And I'd say, Mom, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she's like, God's taking care of us. There'd be a bag of groceries there. And one of the messages she gave to me is through those early years as a child that if it wasn't for the generosity of other people, we would never would have made it. And I think as a result of that, God's favor on my mom and dad just continued to grow. And ultimately, they were incredibly blessed in their lives. And they were incredibly generous. 
They gave and gave and gave because they realized God's been gracious to me. I need to be gracious to others. And that's really what this parable is all about, that when we are generous with others, I think that's one of the reasons God's blessed Cathedral of Faith so well. Pastor Kenny infused very deeply in our DNA. You've been blessed to be a blessing. And Pastor Ken and Kurt have continued that legacy that we care for those in need. And I'm just grateful for the leadership God's given us. Amen? But let's take a look at what this parable's saying. First of all, is the least of these matter? The least of these matter. God has always been drawn to those who are in need, the disadvantaged, the struggling, the brokenhearted. The scripture is so clear, Old and New Testament alike, that God cares very deeply about those in need. When you watch the ministry of Jesus, it's always to those who are struggling, those in need. And in that moment, something happens that he wants to pass on to us, that the least of these matter. In Proverbs 14, we read these wise words when it says, when we are generous to the poor, we honor him. Let's say that together. When we are generous to the poor, we honor him. That's the same thing the parable saying. When you've done it to those in need, Jesus says, you've done it to me. Now, in the Old Testament, we have prophets, major and minor prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, all these prophets, their whole message was, I wanna make sure that you're doing what God asked you to do. And the one thing all these prophets repeatedly bring about is, hey, when you stop loving me, when you stop realizing what I've done for me, you'll forget the poor. In fact, in Isaiah chapter one, this opens up 66 chapters of rebuke, and here's what it says. God's saying to the people, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Learn to do right, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the fathers, plead the case of the widow. Here's what he's saying. You raise your hands in worship. You might even move a little when you're singing. You might come and offer praises to me, but he's like, I don't hear it. You can sing all you want. You can do all you want because you're not caring for the poor among you. He basically says, if you don't do that, then you're not doing what I'm asking you to do. So I don't even hear the rest of that noise you're making. This is the kind of thing that gets repeated over and over. I could give you multitude stories of that. In fact, let me read you a passage of scripture from Ezekiel. I know that you know that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, right? God burned them up. And here's what he said to Ezekiel about why. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49. Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. That's why he destroyed them. Why? Because it's so important that we reflect to our community, we reflect to our neighbor, our neighborhood, what he's like. In fact, here's a statement I want us to hear clearly. Our heart toward the poor reveals our heart toward Christ. I want you to say that one with me. Our heart toward the poor reveals our heart toward Christ. 
I know it's, we come to church to be encouraged and strengthened, but sometimes we need to be corrected. Sometimes we need to line up and realize this isn't just about me feeling good and happy and getting over my pain and being healed. It's not just about me having strength and me being comforted. We, we have all those things. I know who I am in Christ, but it's also about the fact that we have a responsibility. How many of you have ever shown up for a school test and you weren't prepared? <laughs> That's the reason I'm telling you this teaching this weekend. Because I don't want you to show up for that test at the end of time and it's like, oh, goat. Not in the real good sense of goat, greatest of all time, but goat like, you didn't minister to me when I was in need. You walked past me. You ignored what was going on. And that brings us to the next part of this understanding of compassion, which is the truth, and action, which is our response, and it's this that what we do matters. What you do with your time, with your energy, with your finances, with your focus, with your prayers, that really matters. There was a whole bunch of people in the New Testament who were all about how things looked on the outside. They came to church, they did all these great things, but Jesus gives a rebuke in Matthew 23 with these words. He says, woe to you, You give a tenth of your spices. In other words, you tithe even on the spices that you have. But you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without ignoring the former. So in this moment, Jesus confirms in the New Testament, tithing is good. You should do that. You should give the first 10% of everything you have to the Lord. Tithing is a biblical principle. He's like, I know you're doing that. And you're like, you're even tithing on your mint and your dill and all your little spices. And hey, that's great, but you're ignoring the most important thing. Justice, caring for the poor. That's an important thing. In Deuteronomy 24, we read these words. It says, don't deprive others of justice. Remember, you were slaves, and the Lord redeemed you from there. That's why I command you to do this. So here's the whole truth. If we don't take care of the poor among us, Jesus is saying, you don't really remember what I did for you. You think it's about you. So here's the key. The motivation from God to act justly and care for the poor is don't forget what I've done for you. You know, it's my privilege to have been to 56 countries and taken over 1,000 people on missions trips. And whether it was going into the jungles in the northern part of Guatemala, whether it was going deep into the twists and turns of a slum in New Delhi, whether it was living out in the bush in Africa with no electricity or running water for for weeks and weeks on end, or whether it was trying to step past open sewer as I went through a trash dump to meet some young children in Cambodia. There's something that happens in every one of those moments for me. I remember I was in New Delhi. We went way back inside of this slum school. We went in, and these 23 kids there, they came in, and we did a little story And then the teacher said, they want to sing a song for you. And these 23 little kids looked up and said, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. I know the only clothes they had on were the ones we had brought with us for their uniforms for their school. Something broke in my heart. When I lived in Poking on a location uh, in South Africa and worked with Arthur Hutboom for those months, There was something in my heart that broke because I would preach and here's these people that came in, they had no shoes, some of them didn't even have other items on and it was like, 
they came in, they heard the word, and then they would take an offering for me. And I was like, oh God. I mean, in the end, it might have equivalented to 15 cents. But to me, I knew, here's these people in poverty. And every time I get in that situation, the Lord would say the same thing to me. Wayne, you didn't pick where you were born. Neither did they. Be grateful for my grace. But here's the interesting thing. We can be in some developing nation in the middle of a trash dump and open sewers and poverty and lack of clothing and food, and we can be moved with compassion, but somehow in America, when we see that, we think, they chose that. That's their fault. But God wants to move our hearts with the same kind of compassion that he has for everyone. You know, the last words of Jesus were really important words. We all hear, go to all the nations, go to every socioeconomic level and preach the good news. But I don't know if you've ever read or seen it, but in the book of Acts, we have the very last words of Paul when he's leaving Ephesus. This is the last recorded words we have of Paul, and this is his last words. Don't only preach, help the poor. That's the last words of, G of Paul to all of us. Don't just preach, help the poor. In other words, it's not just about the words we speak, it's about the choices we make. God has always had this open heart toward those in need. And I believe that it's important for us to grab hold of that and receive that. It's important for us to recognize that one day, sheep or goats, Hey, when you did it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And I think that's the thing I have to deal with every time I see someone struggling. Jesus, is this you? <laughs> what would you have me do? You know, I had a moment in my life where I was a young pastor. My wife and I, you know, didn't make a whole lot of money in those days. And a young man came into my office. This was in Redwood City. And he said, hey, I walked by and saw Christian on your wall. What does that mean? And I'm like, oh, this is great. And I prayed with him and I led him to Jesus and he's crying like, thank you. And then he's like, I came in here without hope. I came in without, I, I didn't know what I was gonna do. And now I have hope because of a situation I'm dealing with. I'm like, well, tell me what the situation is. He's like, my rent is due today and I, I won't have the money for two more days and I just need $500. So I called down to the main office and I said, can you give me my paycheck two days early? And they're like, sure. So I went down, uh, wrote my paycheck. I went to the bank, I cashed it. He got my whole $500, that was my whole paycheck. I gave it to him and he said, if you come Saturday to my house, here's my address, I'll give you the money. And I was so excited. I went home to my wife. I led this guy to Jesus and I gave him 500. She's like, you gave him what? Like, how are we gonna make it? And I'm like, Oh God, he's gonna give it back to me Saturday. We're gonna to go, to, you know, go to his house for breakfast. And so we drove over to that house and we got out and we went and knocked on the door and an elderly lady came to the door. And I said, hey, is, I said his name, is he here? It's like, there's nobody like that here. And I'm like, what? Now I can, I'm the one that can't eat for the next two weeks. It's things like that can cause your heart to harden. But I had to say to Jesus, Lord, everything I have is by grace. In that moment, I trusted you. I did what you told me to do. You're gonna take care of me. And sure enough, word got around in the church about what had happened to us. 
We actually ended up getting $1,000. <laughs> so God provided for us. And I'm saying this, don't let your heart be hardened, but be open-handed toward those who are poor. That we would be open to what God wants, because there is no stronger terms in scripture that Jesus gives us in the New Testament and God of the Old Testament than our responsibility for, to care for those in need. That's why we have reaching out. That's why we're building affordable housing. That's why we do everything. But it's more than just, oh, my church does that. What is your responsibility? Where do you stand in that process? What would God speak to you? And our prayer is that God would open up our eyes to see poverty the way he sees it. I'm, I'm gonna invite you to take a look at the screens and hear the story of a lady named Jackie. Back in the day, I was um, a young mother raising, at that time, five children was receiving welfare, food stamps, and trying to make it, you know, trying to, trying to figure out my life. And, you know, because I had this cooking experience, I could always make a meal out of something, but most times it was, it was never, I didn't have enough to last till the end of the month. And someone had told me about Cathedral of Faith that I could get food at the end of the month or whenever I needed throughout the month, whatever I needed. And so I remember signing up and standing in the line at Cathedral of Faith to receive um, food to help feed my family on multiple occasions. This was a history, um, a pattern for me. It was something that was necessary on a monthly basis because the money that I was given and the children that I had to feed and uh, was not enough for me to make it throughout the month. And so I'm forever grateful and thankful for the program that was available for us to be able to go there and they were always it was always like an experience you know they didn't make you feel less than that was one of the things that I I think it was embarrassing enough as a mother to not have enough to take care of your children and feel like you're failing you know by you know standing in the line and seeing the other people but it was never that experience when you walked into um, the facility to to get the box of food or whatever that they had to offer. And it was always something that was useful. They didn't give you stuff that nobody else wanted. They gave, they made sure that the stuff that we got was quality, um, that the dates weren't expired. Um, it, those things were really important. The difference was that I, when I went to Cathedral of Faith, and the reason why it sticks out in my head to this day was because of the way I was treated when I went there. I was offered a smile the way that my package was put together, you can tell it was put together with love. And then someone offered to pray for me and make me feel like I was a human being and didn't make me feel like, did not make me feel like I was less than. Um, and I can still remember that you, things like that stick out in your head. Not just the experience of having to be there, which was hard enough as it was, but they definitely made it easier for sure. I just want to say to Cathedral of Faith and the ministers and the people that have been members of that church to the Reaching Out program that I want to give you the biggest heartfelt thank you that I can that I've never forgotten you over the years. I've never forgotten the work 
and the words that you said to me. I've never forgotten the prayers, and I've never forgotten the fact that I was able to go back there and rededicate my life to God. And you guys were used instrumentally in saving my life and setting me on a path for success instead of failure. And I just want to say from the depths of my heart, from my, from my lips to your ears, thank you and may the Lord continue to bless you and watch over your ministry. In the name of Jesus, amen. Pastor Kenny always said, when people come through the line, respond as if it was your own mother, your own family member in need. And that's what reaching out did and does. And here was the lady struggling, who now is a business owner of a thriving restaurant. Why? Because somebody cared enough to impart. Somebody cared enough to give. And the interesting story of how we found Jackie's story was Take Six was here last week doing a fundraiser for reaching out. And so they were looking for someone to cater their dinner before and they called her and her, her daughter answered and said, well, we really don't do that kind of thing. But when she found that was for us, she's like, she told her story. And there are lots of stories like that. Stories of people whose lives have been forever changed. Why? Because we did what this parable teaches. We had compassion and we took action. The truth is, God, give me your compassion. Every time we read about Jesus, he had compassion on them and fed them through the five loaves and fishes. He had compassion on them and healed them. He had compassion on them and spoke life to them. Compassion is that driving heart of God, what it's like in heaven, why? Because the greatest illustration of how much God cares about the poor is when Jesus actually came down, took on the form, became a poor boy, in those days, you offered sacrifices based on your wealth, and turtle doves meant you were poor. Jesus came and lived as a poor person on this earth, emptying himself so that he could serve us because he cares about the needs of people in this material world, and he cares about our needs, and he cares about the needs of others. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me in this moment, and we're just gonna go to the Lord and ask him to work a conviction and a truth in our heart. Lord, thank you for this incredible church, our incredible leadership who has led the way in caring for those in need. You know our, our prayer that we would hear the cries no one else is hearing and see the needs no one else is seeing and care about those no one else cares about. We thank you, Lord, that that's not just the message for this church, it's our message as individuals. Help us to do that. Give us your compassion that would lead to a response of action of using who we are and what we have for your glory and for your honor. Lord, on this day of Pentecost, we celebrate that the Holy Spirit came to work in us and through each of us. And so, Lord, speak to us by your Spirit about your plan for us. In Jesus' name, amen. How many are grateful for the grace of God in your life? How many are grateful for what God's done in you? You know, this is Pentecost Sunday, and when you read through the book of Acts, Pentecost is poured out. The very first issue that the Spirit-filled people deal with is, who's gonna take care of the widows? How are we gonna take care of those who are in need? The first issue that the early church had was dealing with poverty. And it's not just a challenge for the church, it's a challenge for each one of us. Let me tell you a couple of things you can consider. Starting on June 1st, we host what's called Silicon Valley Safe Park. There are families and 
single moms who have no place to go. And for the whole month of June, they park all night in our parking lot as a safe space. We provide food for them in the evenings. We provide fellowship and relationship. And you could be part of that. If you want to email Pastor Robert Mize here at the church or call the church office, even if you just come one night from 630 to 830, ministry to ladies. One of the great things that happened last week to Pastor Robert was last summer there was a family there with four children who were sleeping in their car every night. And they ministered to them. God actually provided a place for them. And the other day when he was walking through here for our Spanish campus, that lady's now on our worship team. She said, when we saw your love and care for us in that desperate time in our life, we knew this is a place we needed to be. There are hundreds of stories like that. That's why we do reaching out. Wednesdays and Thursday mornings, you can come bless people by giving out food. Not just the church does it, but maybe it's time for you to step up and do that. Also, I wanna let you know this coming Wednesday night, we have a special service. Ed Silvoso, who's the head of Transform Our World, is coming to minister. He's actually sent out invitation and inspecting hundreds of thousands of people around the world to tune in and watch. You can be here live. It'll be this Wednesday night, 7.30 to nine. It's a family service. Their children and youth will all be in here together. We encourage you to come out this Wednesday night for that hour and a half service. It'll be great worship and a great word from the Lord. All kinds of amazing things taking place. I wanna give a shout out to our Becoming the One Team, we had a great single adult conference yesterday and Friday. And we also have a marriage conference coming up in September. The tickets are available outside in the foyer. We'd love to join us. If you have a graduate that's graduating, we want to honor them. So have them call the church office so they can be part of that. So many great things going on at Cathedral of Faith. Amen. So the Stars and Strides race is coming up on July 1st. Not only are we going to race together, but every Saturday morning we do a training that's suitable to everybody. And so we'd love to have you come out. Here's a special shirt for you. Go out and sign up for the, for the race and for that training. And one final thing, we love every generation here. And we're going to do a special vacation Bible school coming up June 19th to the 23rd. I encourage you to sign up your kids. It'll be those mornings from 9 to 12. Looking forward to ministering to our children and raising up the next generation. I could go on and on. There's so many great things here, but I don't want you to leave out with the two things. Compassion with action. Compassion with action. How many want to be goats? How many want to be sheep? When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to him. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you. May his face shine brightly upon you and give you his peace. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord.